Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we are talking about Lake Mungo from 2008, directed and written by Joel Anderson, starring Rosie Trainer, David Pledger, Martin Sharp, and Talia Zucker. In this Australian mockumentary, we follow the plight of the Palmer family as mysterious events unfold following the untimely death of their daughter, Alice. And I picked this because I've seen it name dropped from time to time in discussions of, like, top 10 found footage movies, spooky ghost movies, etc., unseen gems, stuff like that. Had you heard of this one before, Ashvin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd heard of it before. Uh, I thought I'd actually seen it before, and then when I when I read about it and started watching it, I realized I hadn't. But then when I came to the end, I realized I had seen this before. So. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a roller coaster. I know, man. <laughs> so you had a lot of surprises in it for me. Uh, so oh, this was your first time uh, watching it? It was, yeah. I was, I was surprised you picked, because uh, yeah, when, when it starts, it kind of feels like a found footage film, and I know generally I, I feel like you're a little more down on that genre than, than I am. Yeah, I figured I'd throw you a bone on this one. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a found footage movie, and uh, yeah, mockumentary, I guess. Yeah, mockumentary, that's a good way to describe it. Um, also, listeners, if you've seen this movie and you like it, I would also recommend a movie called Butterfly Kisses, which is on Prime. I wrote a review of that, a spoiler-free written review back in the day on our website, horrormovieclub.com, if you want to look at that. But also, just go see that movie. And then there's another movie that Ashwin and I watched before we started the podcast. We were still like documenting our ratings and having this thorough discussions on movies to stay in touch. But do you remember that movie called Savage Land, Ashwin? Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, the one it was about, like a border town where something strange happened. Yeah, you and I saw that. Yeah, yep. Damn. You gave it a five, and I gave it a four and a half. Ah, okay, man. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember that at all. But yeah, yeah that, that, was, that was a great movie, though. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think Kyle recommended that, right? Her yeah, Kyle. I thought I saw that uh, with this movie uh, at Kyle's house. That that that's not the time you're talking about, is it? Um, no, I, I didn't see it with you, like, in person. We did it, we did a phone conversation about it. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Got it. But anyway, listeners, both of these are on Prime. Savage Land, Butterfly Kisses, so if you like Lake Mungo, uh, check these out. And, and those two, you think, like, are also similar, like, mockumentary style? Yeah, a little bit of mockumentary found footage blending together, things like that, for sure. Yeah. That, that's, this feels like a pretty unique genre, like, I, I'm not sure... Uh, I can name like a bunch of movies that follow this format. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. I like it. Yeah, doesn't it? Does it remind you of that show like Unsolved Mysteries back in the day? It does. It does. I was gonna say that. Yeah, it's it's, it's cool to see that in a movie. Yeah, it's kind of a different way to approach storytelling. Really, it doesn't necessarily flow like a typical horror movie. It flows yeah. like a documentary in terms of the way the story is told. Right, and it's almost like literal storytelling, like you're just hearing people recounting uh, their uh, memories of an event or something. Yeah, yeah. When I first started watching it, like the first 15 or 20 minutes, I was like, this is somehow scary, even though I haven't seen a thing. Yeah, I know. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess it's the same way campfire stories are scary. You yeah. don't see anything. It's just someone telling a story, and that's what it is in this movie. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, and like um, those visuals kind of getting stuck in your head that you hear, like imagining right. those things, right? Yeah, yeah. 
there are images in this movie for sure, but for the first, especially towards the beginning, it's a lot of it's your mind, you know, imagining playing tricks on you even. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of looking for stuff in the frame sometimes. Yeah. I kept thinking about like how he talks about Invisible Man and other movies that kind of play with like empty spaces. And I, I feel like there's like a lot of that in this film. Yeah, I agree for sure. Hey, you know that like old adage about like good fiction or good writing is like show, don't tell. Is, isn't this kind of like the opposite of that? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. It's a different approach in that way. Right, right. It's, it's, yeah. Interesting that it works so well. Yeah. This is well-reviewed. I mean, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 95%, 62% user score. Uh, IMDb, 6.3 out of 10. Letterbox 3.5 out of 5. Pretty solid. It seems like it's got like yeah. a cult following. Yeah, I think so. Um, and it premiered at the Sydney Film Festival in 2008, then at South by Southwest in Austin in 2009, and then in 2010, it was shown at the After Dark Horror Fest in the U.S. And it seems like it at some point had a very small theatrical release in Australia, but I couldn't find much info on that. Oh, okay. Ne- never yeah. in the U.S. though, huh? No, not in the U.S. And the yeah. box office Mojo <laughs> website said it made 8000 U.S. dollars at the box office. Wow, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't necessarily even trust that number because it's so small, but it could be true. Yeah, some blogs I saw had like the budget, which I yeah I don't know if this is correct, but like around like one to one and a half million Australian dollars, and then like thirty thousand was like the box office number in Australian dollars. Did 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 you see any anything like that? I did see stuff like that, but that didn't quite add up to what Box Office Mojo said. So I was generally confused. I, I don't think we can trust any of these numbers. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's really not much info about this movie out there, man. I know, and like the director, I, I couldn't find anything from him since like 2009, like no interviews, no one knows where he is, like were we able to find anything? No, no, I, I checked checked a few different places and really didn't find much. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a real mystery. Yeah, but I did see on the Wikipedia page, at least, it said it written out of a desire to create something low budget because he was having trouble finding funding for some of his other projects. Mm-hmm. And I also read that there was no written dialogue in the script. Could you believe that? That's amazing. Like, so this whole thing was kind of improv then? Yeah, it was just a story outline, and I guess it was left up to the actors to improv their lines based on what they knew about the story and what their characters' emotions might be. That's really impressive. I mean, it comes off as, like, very authentic, and I, I could see that. But, I mean, like, that, that level of skill is pretty amazing. Right, right. That. Boy. I don't have anything else to talk about this stuff. <laughs> I know there's very little out there. Uh, the you know two, two other things uh, that I thought was really interesting. Um, did you look into like the history of Lake Mungo and like the significance of that lake in Australia? I saw a little bit about something that said the first Aboriginal. I'm not sure if we're even supposed to use that term anymore. Like original inhabitants of Australia, yeah, fossils were found there. Is that the truth? I think so. Yeah, it's, it's something like uh, either like the the oldest, the second oldest uh, skeleton that's ever been found. I think was found in that area. Um, okay. So, so there's some significance there, and I don't know if you think maybe later on like that ties to the storyline or not. Um, and then the other thing, oh, a bunch of uh, Twin Peaks references uh, with like the main family being the Palmers and like you seeing a, the murdered girl and everything. Are you, are you a Twin Peaks fan at all? I've never seen anything Twin Peaks. 
Okay, I actually haven't either, so I'll <laughs> just <laughs> ignore that connection. <laughs> well, at least you acknowledged it for all the Twin Peaks fans out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't tell. They're going to be more frustrated or less frustrated now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mission accomplished. <laughs> well, speaking of not being able to find much online about this, um, Alex says this is the hardest time he's ever had connecting a movie to our home state of Ohio for us. Yeah, I was thinking about him. Yeah. Uh, so, anything else background-wise, or should I move on to that? No, let's hear it. All right. Well, our friend Alex, who owns the Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio, connects every movie we watch to Ohio for us, because that's where we're from. Swing by Jukebox to pick up food, beer, wine, safely from your car, or you can order it delivery on Grubhub. Um, and Alex says Lake Mungo was almost exclusively made in and by Australians. The film stars Talia Zucker as the central character Alice Palmer. Her career started as a child actor on various Australian TV shows. Her most prominent film was 2003's Ned Kelly, which co-starred Heath Ledger, Orlando Bloom, and Naomi Watts. Both Zucker and Watts have a shared filmography, filmography as both also had recurring characters on the long-running Australian soap opera Neighbors. After extensive research... I was able to decipher that Watts is a longtime friend of American producer and filmmaker Alexandra Shiva. In a show of support and friendship, Watts attended a screening in 2015 of Shiva's film How to Dance in Ohio, a documentary about an autistic dance troupe in Columbus, Ohio. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> well done, Alex. I knew yeah. that was a struggle. Seriously, that, I, I can't. Yeah, I don't even know how you got that. So that's incredible. Yeah. I, for, I forgot uh, Nami Watts, uh, she's Australian too, right? Yeah, I forgot that as well. Yeah. Uh, okay, buddy. Well, let's go into the plot. We're going to spoil this movie, listeners, so you might want to dip out now if you haven't seen it. Um, but, Ash, before we go on, I actually have an appointment right now. Do you mind if we pick this up in an hour or so? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll call you then. Okay. Bye. Okay, man, I'm back. Hey, how did it go? Good, good. I actually, uh, it's kind of embarrassing. I saw a psychic via Zoom. Oh, cool, via Zoom. Uh, did, did you learn anything interesting? Well, uh, all he really told me was that whatever joke I might try to make right now referencing the plot of the movie in some way wasn't going to be funny, so I shouldn't even bother trying. <laughs> You're going to take his advice? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the first 55 minutes of the appointment was me explaining why we take a fake break in our podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, he wasn't into it? No, no. Yeah. And by then, I wasn't really into it either. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so this story, again, is told like the same style as a documentary. And folks, a mockumentary is... It's a documentary, a fictional documentary. It's not necessarily making fun of... It's not a spoof or anything. It has the term mock in it, but it's just a fictional documentary. Um, so the story unfolds through interviews with the Palmer family, and they discuss a day at the lake when their teen son and teen daughter were swimming. The son gets out of the water, and the daughter stays in, and that's the last they ever see of her. So a big investigation takes place, and eventually her a body is found at the bottom of the lake, 
It's quite bloated and distorted, but the dad identifies it as his daughter. The mother can't bear to look at it. She doesn't want her last memory of her daughter to be this, you know, her body dead at the bottom of a lake for quite some time because it took them a while to find her. Uh, pretty creepy image of the, the dead daughter at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to ask you if, if uh, they show it there, and, and that's kind of when we see the face and the body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty disturbing. Yeah. But again, you know, it's all done through mockumentary-type filmmaking, so it's not, we don't get any audio staying. It's not really meant to be horrifying. It's just, this is what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, inter- intercut with the parents, very very starkly explaining things they don't show a whole lot of emotion on their sleeves except for pivotal moments of the plot where they might break down yeah all like this whole like sequence so far is like it feels like very like matter of fact like this is what happened and uh just kind of like yeah saying like like almost like giving a police report or something yeah which i think was the right way to play it because it you know this is years later not that it still wouldn't be absolutely awful i just think it would have made a worse movie if they we're like fighting back tears constantly. I think it just would have uh, would have weakened the emotion overall. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, like it, it would have been a little too much, maybe. Yeah, I agree. I feel like the restraints and like the lack of emotion is a little more telling um, than yeah, you, you, than like yeah, overacting or something. Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of nuance, like micro expressions in their faces. Sure. Um, yeah. So you can see the the grieving, but you know it's not over the top. Right. Right. So they're all struggling to cope with the loss. The mother especially is having a hard time. She's having nightmares about her daughter at the foot of her bed soaking wet. And she feels like something's not quite right in the house. And in fact, strange things start happening in the house. The daughter, Alice, her bedroom door is opening and closing by itself. They hear noises, stuff like that. Um, And the dad eventually at some point has a vision of the daughter in the house. And he breaks down crying when he's been a bit more strong um so it's getting to all of them and they start to take photos of the house and videotaping the son is into photography and they see alice's face in a few of the photos and they see a walking figure in some of the video footage and they eventually i might get some things out of order here ash so bear with me mm-hmm. they decide to have a seance with a medium slash psychic and it doesn't go as well as they expected but when they watch the tapes of the seance they see alice's face in the background um and they notice they at some point learn they see her face in a lot of the photos they take in the house and a lot of the videos and they some point learned that it was the sun doctoring the photos yeah, I, I think the one other thing was uh, s- someone thought they got uh, footage of her sitting by the lake like weeks later, right? And right, then, right. Then it was uncovered that like someone else found on footage that it was the son dressed up as her hanging out by the lake. Right. And then he yep. admits to doctoring all these photos. Yeah, and I think the reason he did that, he said, was because his mom, f- he felt like his mom needed closure, closure, right? I think so, yeah. Like, she was worried that the daughter wasn't really dead and that that wasn't her body because she didn't see it. Right. And she had had it described that it was not quite, you know, it was all bloated and everything, so she thought maybe her husband misidentified it. Yeah, kind of put, like, some hope in their mind, I guess. Yeah, so that whole thing led them to exhume the body 
and do a DNA test, which confirmed that it was Alex. So in a way that worked with the son's plan. I don't know if his plan all along was for them to exhume the body, but <laughs> I know. <laughs> kind of that part of it was kind of like, eh. yeah, yeah, he's a teenager. He probably didn't think it the whole way through. <laughs> yeah. Oh, science. So the the mom gets the close closure, but um one night they're filming in the house and it's while Matt is gone and they see an image of Alice on one of the tapes before Matt could have even fiddled with it. Mhm. And this mom, this causes the mom to go back and review all the tapes that they've taken since the start of this, and she sees another face in one of the videos and realizes that it's their neighbor. He's searching around in their daughter's room, they deduce, and so they search her room and find a videotape of her, their daughter, having sex with the neighbor and his wife, and they realize this is why the neighbor was in the house. He must have been looking for this tape. Mm-hmm. And the neighbors have since moved away, and I think they decide not to press charges or something, right? I, I, th- I feel like the police and everyone, like, no one can find the neighbors anymore or something. Yeah. They're just, like, hard to track down. And at some point along the way here, they've kind of befriended this psychic who helped them with the medium. Um, and they learn that Alice went to see him before she died. So they no longer trust him. And... I think at some point the daughter, the daughter's ex-boyfriend comes forward with a cell phone video he has of a camping trip she did with her friends. And you can see Alice bearing something in the background on the camping trip. Mm-hmm. And this, like, um, this is at like Lake Mungo, right? Yeah, I think so. Is it? I think so. I assumed so. Yeah. Like th- this was like a field trip they all took out to like Lake Mungo the year before or something. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um... Also, I should mention the daughter went to the psychic because she was having dreams that she was like dead or appearing soaking wet at the bottom of her, the foot of her mom's bed or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the family, they see this video of her burying the burying stuff on this site, this trip at this specific site. They go there, they find where she buried it. It's her cell phone and some of her prized possessions. And on the phone, they find a video of her like seeing something off in the distance and it rapidly approaches and it turns out that it's the same bloated image of her dead self like approaching her so they reason that she had a vision of her future self coming to get her did you did you connect that vision like when it came closer like oh that's definitely like the figure we saw in the beginning or i I thought it was kind of blurry yeah it was a bit blurry so i didn't connect it at first until they spelled it out yeah okay um, so they the family thinks, at least the mom thinks, like she knew she was going to die after this point. Like she wasn't quite the same after that. Mm-hmm. So they find all this out. They come home from the trip and they say the house feels calm now. And they believe that Alice wanted them to find both the neighbor video and find what really happened to her. So this video with the, the ghoulish apparition of her future dead self. And they decide this is kind of resolved and they need to move on. And they move to a new house. And one of the last images we see is a photo they take in front of their old house as they're moving away. And inside the house, we see an image of Alice looking out. And then did, did you watch the uh, credits at all? Yeah. So the credits, we go through all these fake photos that Matt has doctored to include images of Alice. And then we realize somewhere, you know, in the corner of the frame, there's another image of Alice. So she's really in them all along, <laughs> but it went unnoticed. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Was that one twist too many? 
Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, there, I, I counted, like, four big twists in this. Like, the the brother was doctoring the photos, um, the whole thing with the neighbor, then the psychic, and then at the end, like, finding out that she actually was in the photos. Like, uh, I, that seems like a high twist count. What, what do you think? Yeah, it does. And then, like, you're so thoroughly... I, I assume if you see her face in one of these photos, you've got to be staring at that entire photo for a long time. Yeah, right. So, like, theoretically, that one photo... I don't know. Maybe it wasn't one that was doctored, but it had like three faces in it, right? Yeah. The fake, the fake Alice, one. real Alice, yeah. and the neighbor. And the neighbor, yeah. It's like, how many faces <laughs> are going to be in the, these photos? It, it got a little... Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it There was no point where I threw my hands up in the air and was like, what? But I was kind of like, hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was feeling a little bit of like a whiplash at the end, uh, just like all yeah. the things they, they threw. Too many twists and turns and all centering around these photos. Yeah. Um, and there's another twist, I guess, that the psychic who's kind of befriended the family, you realize Alice went to him. Yeah. Uh, without, before her death and and nobody knew about it. Right, right. He yeah. kept it a secret for patient confidentiality or something like that. Yeah, I kind of like watching this. I kind of felt like a good rule of thumb. Like you know, a, a movie has like one twist and like it's it's clever and like you feel like ah oh, they got me. And then two twists is like oh cool. Well yeah, I guess they got me again. Fine. But anything more than that is kind of like a dick move. I feel like on the storyteller's part. Like how dumb are you? Like we're just gonna keep like think like changing everything you thought was real. Uh, I, yeah. I, yeah. We, we, and I saw that in some of the reviews I read. Like there was a lot of good ideas in here, and they should have maybe stuck with one. Yeah. Or two. Yep. Um. Honestly, I think you could have even just done without the Matt doctoring the photos part. Sure, yeah. Right? I think maybe the neighbor part made a little bit of sense. I don't know if it really moved the plot forward at all, but it was a a significant enough twist that, um, I don't know. I mean, it was very much a drama, too. So you're following this family mourning this loss but then also learning more about who their daughter was and what was going on in her life and having to confront that the aspect that their teen daughter was having sex with two adult neighbors right yeah yeah um i don't know they don't they don't even go too into that either no they don't (sighs) maybe cut that part out and leave the matt doctoring photos (laughs) i don't know (laughs) You know, it's funny. I was thinking about the same thing. Like, which one of these twists uh, could they have cut? Uh, Matt, like, I, I agree with, like, Matt doctoring, uh, him doctoring the photo kind of, like, pulls away some of the scare. But then uh, when you read the interviews, like, a lot of this is supposed to be about grief and, like, the family uh, trying to move forward from, like, you know, losing a daughter. And so it kind of plays into his character as the brother uh, trying to, like, continue the fact that she's around or, like, impose her into photos to give, like, drive that sense of hope. So it kind of plays into, like, that grief angle that I think he was trying to hit with this film. And right, then, and his way of coping. Yeah, and then, and then I think you're right. Like, the the, the one about uh, the neighbor is about, like, how they, they felt like they knew their daughter, but she had all these secrets that they didn't know. So it kind of talks about the uh, the distance between the, the, the family and the daughter. Right, right. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, I, I, but I think you're right. Like, there could have been a, a fewer, fewer number of twists. I will say they did their job of keeping me engaged in the movie, whereas I think you could have lost a little bit of engagement since it's a mockumentary sure. format. Um, you're just watching people talk a good chunk of the time, so I yeah. think it would have been easier to get bored without a cup without these twists. That's true. Yeah, they made they made for good ways to kind of twist the plot uh, without letting the movie settle in too much. Right, like keep you keep you 
uh, added tension. Although I, I do still think they could have ditched one or two, but yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, honestly, as we said, the acting I feel like is really what held this movie together and kind of makes it sets it aside. Yeah, I agree. Like without that, this movie would not have been would have been a much lesser movie. And I think the dialogue's really good too, especially if some of it was improvised. I know that part blows me away. Like, yeah, the, the dialogue is so great and it just feels so natural. And mm-hmm. yeah, I can't, I can't believe they just came up with that. Like based on who their characters were. One thing that really struck me was that the mom was going on walks at night and said she would walk, go into other people's houses because yeah. she just wanted to feel like she was inside someone else's life for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, for some reason, I was like, I could see myself doing that if I was going through something like that. Really? (laughs) Just walking into people's houses? (laughs) Well, I think it's a weird thing that I miss during the pandemic. Sure. That might sound weird, but I miss being in someone else's house. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why. Yeah. You know, it's weird. Yesterday I was actually thinking about like how crazy would it be to like just walk into someone's house. I didn't realize it might've just been cause I just saw this movie a few days ago, but I, I kind of have been fantasizing about the same thing. I feel partly for my sake, it's just the responsibility of being home all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes you can't always relax. You sit down and think, oh, right. this kitchen's still kind of messy. I should get up and clean that up. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to just sit down in someone else's house where I have no responsibility and yeah, <laughs> open a beer with them. Or like a hotel room or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I, is there a part of you, because I, I kind of feel it's like I, I just kind of want to like watch other people live their lives, uh, or just like kind of be an observer. You, know, you never feel like that? Well, we're getting into creepy territory, but yeah. <laughs> I know. This One might thing be I remember, this may be weird, but my family would always go on just car rides as a kid. Like, yeah nowhere to go just driving around in the car yeah um, that's awesome and i would just love it if someone's lights were on and this is when i was a kid so i haven't reached a creepy age yet <laughs> <laughs> and you could see into their house and it just like always felt so warm and inviting and yeah i imagine somebody just super comfortable and reading a book or yeah i know there's something about seeing people like relax in their home that and like they don't know like you're watching them which is interesting but yeah Probably, yeah, maybe we're getting off topic. <laughs> <laughs> getting off topic, losing listeners. Yeah. Uh, changing but, people's opinions of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I wrote that down too, because I, I think, I, I was surprised the movie didn't go into that more, because that, that is such like kind of a creepy thing, that the mom was just like walking into people's houses, and it's weird, like that was just kind of mentioned as like an afterthought, um, and, and like whenever they kind of like saw, saw footage of that or heard people like kind of complaining like that never became like a huge issue like do you, do you yeah feel like it sounded you like the to town see? just collectively understood there was a small town vibe in this situation but i would have loved to have seen a video that someone else took yeah in their house having heard something and seeing the mom standing there in a daze like yeah. that would have been creepy but also furthered the story and and spoke to the grief right yeah yeah that would have made it pretty real yeah, yeah but I, I guess like yeah even that idea like someone like walking around like that's that's pretty freaky at night one thing they did well in a documentary, there's a lot of, I don't, know, I don't want to call it stock footage. Maybe it's called like B-roll that's interspliced with the voiceover of a person talking so that you're not just sitting on the interview the whole time with the yeah. camera. They would pan through the house at night, just yeah. 
the their house empty the camera would be moving through it while the mom was telling about a dream she had or something like that via oh, voiceover man. yeah and it was really suspenseful like yeah i just expected something to be popping out or i should be paying attention because i might see something and i thought that really worked well yeah that that was like one of the scary sequences for me i think it does it like once or twice where they're talking to the psychic about like the, their their eyes are closed and they're walking through the house it right was, yeah she's like yeah he's like going through an exercise with her where she's walking through the house right isn't this like your whole empty space thing? Is isn't that like bringing this to life? For sure, yeah. Yeah, and that's so powerful. It hits. Yeah, they used that successfully here. It yeah, was definitely added to the suspense. And would you would you think of like I feel like there's a lot of also uh, cinematography of uh, or just like shots of Australia and like the sky and like uh, nature. I think kind of bringing like a sense of openness in contrast, like the house. Uh, did 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 you pick up on that? Yeah, yeah, I liked that a lot. Yeah, it seems like a very scenic country. Yeah. And um, I think that those pictures of her, even the doctored ones, you know, they were sufficiently creepy. Yeah, they were. Like, the way she was positioned and, like, the graininess of it, uh, I thought made it pretty scary. That's something I'm a bit of a sucker for. Like, I could go on a YouTube rabbit hole of just old photographs that have ghosts in them. Yeah. <laughs> Can't see enough of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like that, too. I, I thought those were, like, uh, definitely creepy. And um, it's, like, it's not, like, pop-out scary or anything, but it, like, kind of stays with you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, anything in the movie that you didn't like, aside from a little too much whiplash, too many twists? Um, you know, like, the ending sequence, uh, in terms of... I, You know, I don't know if this was a movie that was, like slow and building and kind of like gives you this huge ending that pays off um that ending like what would you say it was like kind of the muted ending like it wasn't meant to be like this big payoff yeah i did feel like there was a bit of a lack of payoff yeah um, but I, I, when she confronts her future self i've seen it mentioned in a few articles or reviews as like a great jump scare one of the greatest jump scares of all time even but yeah it was pretty quick and um I don't know. It didn't get me as much as I thought it would. Yeah, I felt like it was more like a head-scratcher than like a, a scary moment. Right. Um, yeah, that, that, that was one issue I had. But then then I was also like, you know, it's a mockumentary. Like, maybe that's not the intent here. And like, the, it feels like a very like understated horror approach versus like, let's scare the shit out of someone. Yeah, and it didn't have as much emotional gravity as it should have. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just like, they learned, that's what happened. Everyone was kind of weirded out about it, but then they felt the sense of closure. Yeah, it right. wasn't like it added to the grief necessarily when maybe it should have, because you your daughter just saw a vision of herself dead. Yeah, um, it didn't add anything new or send people down a new path. It was just that was the closure, right? And it just started wrapping up, and um, that's true. Yeah. Closing the story out in a more heartwarming way after that, like that the family was ready to move on and it felt a little, yeah, muted or whatever you said might have been the right word. It just, uh, it wasn't the payoff you were hoping for after sitting through that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, like the, their emotions and stuff really didn't show, which, I mean, yeah, they're kind of restrained in the whole movie. Did, did you feel like emotionally bought into the other characters though? I did, yeah. I was, I was on board with the family. Yeah, yeah, me too. What, one thing you don't get, I, did you feel like you uh, got into like Alice's mentality at all? Or I, I feel like she was always like distant the whole movie. Yeah, I didn't really. I think that was the case. And I think that worked because I felt like the family 
who always thought they knew her was still like getting to know her. Sure. In her death. Yeah. So we're kind of like in the family's shoes in a way. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think what it comes down to might just be a bit of a, a pacing problem. Not enough time was really spent on the impact of that, that vision that she saw. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, Um, especially like when that's being set up as like the key to like the whole movie in a way. Yeah. It was a bit powerful because I think it, after the vision is maybe when it's revealed that the daughter and the mother were having the same dream. Um, Oh yeah. The daughter dreaming she was soaking wet at the foot of the mom's bed and the mom, that was before the death obviously. And then after her death, the mom was having a dream that she was standing there too. Yeah. Um, Right. So that was emotional and powerful. Yeah. I think the mom finally breaks down in tears at some point around here too. So, right. Um, I don't know. I, I almost wanted a bit more of a scare. Yeah. At this point in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, like the biggest scare was what you mentioned earlier where it's like, yeah, you're, you're just seeing these empty rooms and you're expecting something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, that movie Savage Land was a bit similar, but I thought they did it more effectively. The climax there was essentially just one photograph. Oh, right. Yeah. But they just made it work. They really hung on the photo like a slow zoom and it was especially haunting it just Mm -hmm. worked a little bit better i think so yeah i mean i'll I'll take your word for it i don't remember it too much yeah Yeah. um what about uh one of the things i appreciated uh in here is i I don't know if you feel like they hit on this enough but uh the distance between alice and her mom and then her mom and her grandmother like they're there's almost like they're kind of talking about how uh you know we we've kind of like had this a uh, family thing where we don't communicate with the, each other well, and that's kind of like a subtext for um, them, like not knowing Alice and like she not opening up to them. Um, did did you buy into like that whole angle? Did that feel relatable? Uh, sure. I don't know if it was super necessary. I almost yeah. thought they were going to go down some sort of path with that—that that there was a secret in the family, mm-hmm. um, in the women of the family. But yeah, yeah. I almost kind of thought like a hereditary type thing. There's right, there's something right. But I, I feel like they plugged that idea out there, but then I, I don't know if they followed up on it enough. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, so zero to five random faces in the same photo, what would you give this movie? <laughs> uh, you know, I if, for all the, the faults that we mentioned, uh, I, it was still like really creepy. And I, I left this one like feeling pretty spooked and even thinking about it for days. And I think that's like a sign of a successful horror film if it can like get under your skin that way. So, uh, for me, uh, I, I think it's a solid four for me, four random faces in a photo. Is that, is that what you said? Yeah. 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 You know, I'm between three and a half and four. Uh, I wanted it to be a bit scarier, but you're right. It is creepy and unsettling. It's got a not, it's got a lot of nice atmosphere to the found footage stuff and the, the doctored photos. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll stick with three and a half though. A few points docked down for... Um, too many twists in the plot. Yeah, <laughs> and feeling like the climax and uh, the wrap up was just missing a little something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Um. Yeah. Hey, how how did she die then? She, she natural causes, right? Yeah, she just drowned in the lake. Okay. Got it. And, and then randomly uh, saw a vision of herself before. Yeah. It happened. Okay, and then um, earlier on in the film when they're talking about like doors randomly opening in the house and noises, was that her or was it the brother doing that at night? 
I think she really was back and that was her um and I think the point was that she was kind of back to communicate to them what really happened she wanted them to find that out oh okay but maybe it gave her peace but she apparently was still there even when they moved out yeah according to the photo that you see of them in front of the house before they move away so she wanted them to find out that she had seen her ghost um that was that's what she wanted them to know right yeah, I guess. And maybe that she had had sex with the neighbor. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. I want you guys to see this because it is hot. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's some good footage out there that I've taken. <laughs> really proud of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. That makes sense. Cool. Uh, anything else on this movie, man? Not too much to talk about. It's a not much background and it's a fairly straightforward movie. Yeah, well, with all the twists, but yeah. Yeah, I guess <laughs> straightforward after we just complained about all these twists. Yeah, exactly. No, that, that's all I got. All right. Well, that has been our discussion on, what's this movie called again? Lake Mungo <laughs> from 2008. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can connect with us at horrormovieclub.com. We have links to our Facebook and Twitter under the social links drop down. And that is where we announce what movie we're going to do next week on Facebook and Twitter. We also have a link there to our discord server. If you want to hang out with us and some other cool people who like horror movies and chat, uh, the link to our server is right there under social links as well. Let's see. You can email us at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. Uh, our cover art is done by amy may pop art you can search etsy.com for amy may pop art all one word uh a great place to go for christmas gifts by the way she'll turn your family photos into pop art portraits i've purchased many of those from her for gifts for family members over the years uh i think that's it and until next time remember to leave your lights on on the inside of your house because ashvin and i are driving by and we just want to see what you're up to (laughs) just want to check it out (laughs) (laughs) just to be comforted by it what yeah Yeah. something we do chris (laughs) 